Greetings Padawans and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And don't forget about Juder Fred and everyone's favourite rebel, MJ. One and welcome back everybody to episode 10 of the Archives podcast. It is your boy Sotiko along with Van Seal and MJ in the background. How are we all doing, folks? Good, good, good. Ahsoka's done. Ahsoka is done, unfortunately. I feel like there's a lot more story to be told about that, but we're going to get into that very soon. Um, episode 10. Who would have thought that this podcast would make it 10 episodes? But here we are, and I'm very excited to bring episode 10 to you guys, and we appreciate everyone that has sent in a question left us a review subscribe to the channel or followed us anywhere on social media at star wars tap and shout out to everyone who's tapped in so in this episode we're going to be talking about some fun stuff primarily we're going to be focusing on the old republic and talking about ahsoka talking about some fun new characters that we've created ourselves and without further ado, let's get right into talking about Ahsoka. So Vance, last night you hit me with a super interesting take about the Ahsoka post-rewatch. Do you want to give like a Cliff Notes variant of that? Yeah, so I rewatched it recently uh, over the weekend, and I think I uh, like I, I still think it's a good show, right? But like, so when I originally watched it, I think I gave it like an eight out of ten. But then when I rewatched it, my rating went like to a six point five out of ten. Like I, uh, there were a lot of things I picked up on that I probably didn't notice my first time watching, and I think like as a you know as a Star Wars fan, the first time you're watching anything, you have like your your drunk goggles on, you're just like super just glued to the screen, and you're just loving every second of it, and then. Um, which I tried not to. I tried not like you know just falling in love with everything I'm seeing, but you know it's hard to do that when. Uh, we're not getting a whole lot of good content, so anything that is good, I think we sometimes are guilty of putting it up on a pedestal when it's not as good as we actually thought it is. But um, I mean that's kind of the highlight, the cliff notes of it, I guess. Uh, we can go more in depth on it if you want, but yeah, I I, uh, I think it's 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 about average, I think for me in terms of a show. I don't think it's terrible, but there were some things that just like took it down a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. With Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, especially, yeah, with Ahsoka, I actually, um, I don't, I, I mean, it's not going to happen anymore, we're, we're too deep into this, but, like, I, I don't think Rosario Dawson does a good, like, I think she's a good actress, but when it comes to fighting, when I rewatch all the fight scenes, uh, like, the fight scene with Balin, the fight scene with Anakin are great, the one with Morgan is fantastic, it's the best one, I think. But all the other people that she fight, that she's, you know, the, her fight partners, they're doing all the work. Mm -hmm. I just don't see, I don't think Rosario Dawson is very coordinated. I think she's extremely slow. Um, like, almost every time she's fighting, she's the one that's kind of blocking most of the time. I'm not sure if that was, you know, the plan from the beginning, but, uh, or if that's a metaphor for something. But it just doesn't look good when you rewatch and kind of, like, analyze it, because... Everyone else is kind of doing all the work, kind of dancing around her. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't think she's just as as flashy. And then, you know, doing some of my own research, the actress, I don't remember her name, but the one that plays Morgan Elspeth, she's she looks like she's moving at like breakneck speed when she's yeah. fighting Ahsoka. She's like going crazy. I was like, oh my god. And like it makes the fight look amazing, right? But then because Ahsoka's moving so slow, it makes her look like she's moving so fast. And I actually looked her up and I was like, oh, I didn't know she's a formal formal martial artist. I'm like, that makes sense because she was doing all sorts of moves on her, and I was like, holy crap. Like, the one episode I started to actually like Morgan Elizabeth, they kill her off. I'm like, damn it. That seems, to, that seems to be a reoccurring thing in Star Wars. Once we like a character, they get killed off. See, with Gone me, um, and we this, this kind of parlays into what I wanted to initially talk about. If you had to pick a most valuable player for this show, who would it be for you? Uh, Ray Stevenson, hands down. Like even, even, even with with him dying, like the actual actor dying, even if he was still alive, hands down, Ray Stevenson, most Bateman. interesting character, in, like that we've gotten in years in Star Wars, in my opinion. Like yep. super interesting, such a commanding presence. Um, great actor, by the way. I mean, it's the Punisher for crying out loud. So it's like. And it just sucks because, you know, it's like, it's just, I feel like it's just bad luck with us that, you know, the, the actor passed away, so I don't know what they're going to do with them. I really don't. I've, yeah, it's tricky, man. It's tricky with that. He's my MVP as well. I think, hands down, he was easily the, he carried himself differently than everyone else on the show. Um, yeah. Hayden as well was fantastic in his role and his because i think hayden as anakin and obi-wan was kind of like getting back into the boots you know whereas in this you you kind of saw he was walking with that swagger that he had before you know um and i know he was just in the world between worlds but for me what he carried and what he brought to the series and the way that Anakin was in this cosmic alignment above what I felt was the force in and of itself, I felt like he did a perfect portrayal in what he was trying to get across and doing his job. So huge shout out to Anakin Skywalker in this series as well, but... For me, it's Balin Skull, 10 times out of 10, mm -hmm. because uh, with new characters, especially in today's climate, <laughs> I feel like you either are on, it's very black and white. You're either on one side or the other with new characters. And with Balin Skull, initially, we saw this guy in the trailers, he's got an orange lightsaber. We've never seen that in live action canon. So instantly you're like, okay, something's different about this guy. I wanna see what's different about him. Instantly you're intrigued. And with the hype came backing up the hype. You know, he brought, and I, he brought a performance unlike anyone else in the entire show, maybe except his apprentice, Shin Hati, who I think, again, was super valuable for the show and provided just enough of what you needed from 
that kind of role as like the the villainous sidekick because I truly think that Balin was the overarching obstacle in Ahsoka's way. Ultimately, it turned out that Ahsoka didn't need to get over that obstacle. She just needed to it's it's very weird she just needed to get like past the obstacle but she died in order to do so so it was a bit tricky but i think once balin because i don't think that balin ever did he ever see ahsoka again after uh, after they fought, fought again did he ever see her again no no he took he, she took his ride and then he just was like well i'm just gonna start doing my own thing because can't chase after her do you think that has anything to do with him like and i know last night we talked a lot about um inflictions of guilt upon characters do you think that has anything to do with him like oh good i didn't have to kill another jedi like, yes my burden is gone because i think so because he you know he shared that like it's a pity to that they're dying breed and there's not very many of them so i think yeah i think i think the fact that he she doesn't have to kill ahsoka is probably a relief for him but he's the type of person's like he's got he'll do what he has to do at the end of the day but obviously there's some things that like you know you just don't want to do because it's just not something that you know you support but um so yeah, I think I think I think yeah, there is a bit of relief um, from that. And how was uh, Balin in your eyes, MJ? I, I think he's a masterpiece in terms of like writing. He can literally captivate a scene with no words. Honestly, mm -hmm. that has that much uh, you know presence. It's yeah. phenomenal, really. And then... Yeah, and it's very was... rare. I think it would be when you get a new character, and then they're just like, they kind of steal the show. That's um, a really good way of putting it, too. And I think the I think um, the thing with Balin is, because because Rosario Dawson is very stoic as Ahsoka, and I know a lot of people don't like that. Um, Balin's skull, um, you know, Ray Stevenson's Balin's skull is very stoic too. But there's like a there's a huge difference and their body language and i think balin's skull's body language because he doesn't really talk a lot like he doesn't have a whole lot of lines it almost seems like every time he's talking he's either like saying yes or no to somebody or he's teaching shin a lesson but mm -hmm. like his body language is like you can really go in depth and analyze his body language and i think like that is just what helps him command the scene or it's just his he has his commanding presence like when he's on screen even when he's next to thrawn even when he's next to like uh morgan or ahsoka it's just like it, i mean I and mean, when he fights it ahsoka my god he like towers over her mm -hmm. um and the way he holds his lightsaber too like like the fact that like his hands aren't like right next to each other like there's there's like a gap in between his hands i mean his hilt is massive yeah his blade is too it's a yeah. um I it's yeah his blade length is larger than the typical blade length. It's got the magnum the magnum blade. Yeah, and it, it reminded me. Did you did you ever play a Jedi Academy two? Yes, yes. You know when you can like alter your blade length, right? And right, it makes and it the, either heavier. Yep. He he had to have played that game. 
<laughs> because his movements, his yeah. the way that he carried that thing, like it felt like he was literally swinging a hammer. The way like that a bastard sword, yeah, and it was perfect. Like I, he yep. he had, for my estimations, the most believable combat, and a literal man was a literal tank. Like he was taking everything that Ahsoka was throwing at him, everything that he was getting from the. And she couldn't get in. Like again, I don't know if it's because of Rosario Dawson. Like just is not very coordinated or she just you know she doesn't have the physical capabilities of doing that kind of stuff but like the fights with uh between them two i mean he kept her at bay like like 90 yeah. of the time because he's got this massive sword he's huge his arm length is way longer than hers so he's got this massive incredible range that she the silica does not have any range with her sabers i mean i'm no. just being honest but then like i said rosario dawson also is just being slow and kind of clumsy clunky mm -hmm. i guess i should say um yeah like it's just like i just i never i never saw ahsoka beating him ever like even when they fought the second time like they're like oh here's the rematch and she's supposed to be like you know awakened or something like that and i'm like I, I still don't see it like i really just don't like unless rosario dawson just all of a sudden tries like i don't see it do you think that has to now talking out of universe do you think that has anything to do with the actual like choreographer no okay because like i said every fight ahsoka did the other person carried the fight like 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 hayden christensen i mean he's got years of experience but mm -hmm. morgan elsbeth um she's i think she's older than rosario dawson too and like yeah she's a former martial artist so she's got years of experience as well but like it's just like every fight she's in it just doesn't look good in my opinion like i just don't like when you compare what ahsoka does in the animated and i get i get the animated is not fair because everyone's just doing back lips and it's crazy but like um but even the the, the fight between maul and ahsoka that was that was mocap and that is arguably one of the better lightsaber fights in all of star wars mm -hmm. um but it's just i don't know i just feel like these lightsaber fights like like they're great but like i just rosario if you look at her i just feel like she moves really slow and just really clunky and i'm just like and then it's super noticeable when you just look at the other person yeah do you think that young ahsoka brought it um yeah i actually do i think she did a good job at fighting i mean she was it was very brief, mm -hmm. but I mean, yeah, I, I I actually like the the brief snippet of Anakin versus young Ahsoka than Anakin versus older Ahsoka because I agree, and I and I don't know if it's because like I said, Rosario Dawson she's in her mid forties, okay, but I mean she's no spring chicken, but I don't know. I mean, like it's just you know they always talk about their training for years for this show and everything, and I'm just like. Like, I feel like Ahsoka, she pauses a lot in her fights. Like, she pauses a lot, and, like, it always looks like she's aiming down her invisible sights on her lightsaber. So I'm like, what are we looking at? The thing but, that uh, I yeah. loved about the combat, because I think we just have contrasting views upon it. Um, the thing I loved about the combat was how samurai-esque it felt in the way that it yes. worked too was that i think it i think i personally think that they were trying to portray okay this is ahsoka the war vet 
she's in her upper 40s now like she has to adapt she has to change and this is kind of just like the new ahsoka as she's gotten a little bit older um i know it's a it's a tricky hill to to climb because we all we've ever known as clone wars fans as star wars fans is like majority is young teenage ahsoka who's jumping off walls and back doing backflips this that the other and there is just this big bit of contrast and like you brought up every other opponent in her duels was kind of carrying do you think that has anything to do with a written portrayal like do you think that she was written to be in a much more defensive style as she's gotten older um i don't think so because like i said like the like if you look back at the fights she like like there's a couple times she goes on the offensive against anakin but then she just like whiffs mm -hmm. um the fight between her and Morgan, like, I don't know how Morgan lost because Morgan was just, like, all over her. And I was like, dude, she's fast. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I I, th I don't think it's she's just defensive. Um, I mean, it could be, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I feel I have I feel like be, between her awakening after going to for the world between worlds, her fighting style didn't really change. Okay. You what's your opinion on it, MJ? Um I think like all of her fights were written from a defensive portrayal. Like if you rewatch them, Anakin to Balin to Morgan, she was always on the oppressed side, you know, of things. Mm -hmm. I do agree Morgan did have her, but I mean, you know, I like how it ended, Sabine out there. Um I mean Morgan had that in the bag. It's a shame how that went out and you know? yeah yeah and i i gotta be honest i just the whole show i wasn't crazy about morgan at all i wasn't either but that last episode i was like damn you're cool now <laughs> like and of course they killed her off i just think for me and i know we I talked about this dead. oh i think she's well dead i think she's well dead night sisters fam yeah also disney no one really ever dies which i think they That's... need to start dying yeah i really do i think for if morgan just had a eastern european accent it works for me but the lack of really just took me out of it with her because it's like okay is she cosplaying as a night sister because every other night sister we've ever seen in canon has that I'm not gonna say like ruski voice, but like you can clearly tell they're not messing around with any gabagool, you know. I think that it was it was maybe just a casting thing, but if I I really just like to stay in the universe with this, it was just a very tough hill to climb for me. And it was just one of those things that kind of kept taking me out of it because even the the great mothers that we met 
all of them had that sort of like Slavic accent and one of them was different for the great mothers but yeah I know what you mean I don't know I mean it's like I, the, the accent I didn't really care I think her I think her acting was eh, it was all right but then like it, it just it just frustrates me like when you it, I feel like um I I kind of want to compare compare uh, Morgan Elsbeth to Maul from Phantom Menace it's like you have this character that doesn't do anything really but then all of a sudden at the end of the show they bust out all their martial arts moves they're doing all their own stunts and it looks in and that always looks good on camera like that always looks good and it shows but then you kill them off and i'm just like you have this incredible talent and you don't use it till the very end and then it's gone you don't you don't like reuse it again because i'm like i would have god i would love to see morgan like fight us so i'd rather have seen morgan fight ahsoka twice then balin fight ahsoka twice Okay. Not that, I, not that I'd hate Balin, but when you watch Morgan, uh, fighting style, it is it, it just it's just great. And like I think, and I don't know what it is, but it's just like maybe because we don't get a whole lot of like good lightsaber fights nowadays in Star Wars. Um, but like when you see the ones with like martial arts mixed in, they just they slap hard. Mm -hmm. Little uh, fun fact that Morgan is Bruce Lee's goddaughter. Oh my gosh, even then, <laughs> you kill her off. Oh, dude. I think she's so cool now. Like, honestly, like, after that last episode. In her oh. in her eyes, in her world, in her head, she died a hero's death, though. She died for Dathomir, you know? Yeah. So she died a noble death. So you can't be, yeah, like, I'm upset about in it. I'm long run what happens with Dathomir. Yeah, because they're obviously heading there. Thrawn, all of them lot. They're, they, we saw them rock up to Dathomir. So I too am curious. I too am curious. So I'll I'll get all the negative stuff out now. But like, um, yeah. So the other things that I noticed that just like with the show that really kind of like I was like I wasn't really on board with that the second time watching it was, um, Sabine's chickens never came home to roost. You know, she, uh, it never got brought up again to Ezra or anybody that she literally gave the map to Balin. I thought that was kind of weird. She kind of got off scotch-free. Um, and then the other one is her reunion with Ezra. Like, that was just, I, like, what, like, what they just... It was not even, it was worse than mid, bro. It was like, no, it's due to like, 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 if you look how she's looking at Ezra's hologram in the first episode, she's like longing for him she's desperate it she's feels like sad. she's in love with him and misses it does him. and they even said there's a romantic tension between them during the animated show in rebels mm -hmm. um do you think they the got down where, to the point where to the point where no i don't think so and those to little the point where she literally gives up everything she's trying to work for literally the map to balin just to see him and then when they finally do reunite i thought ezra was fine because there's Ezra was always awkward like that's fine but like when they finally meet she's just kind of like oh hey how's it going and I'm just like, that's it? Like, like they just, like, kind of do, like, a little quick bro hug, and I was like, okay, like, it just, I don't know, it just it just felt like there was this massive buildup, and then all of a sudden she's kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, so that was a big, like, missed opportunity for me. Um, and then the other one was Ezra. The, Ezra did one thing that kind of, like, 
Well, he didn't really, it's not that he did one thing, it's that he didn't do one thing. So he's on Thrawn's Star Destroyer, right? He's disguised as a Stormtrooper like he always does in, like, the show Rebels. I'm surprised he never, like, like, I don't know if it was the writing or what, but, like, he didn't take, try taking a shot at Thrawn and ending everything right there. Like, you're you're on Thrawn's Star Destroyer by yourself. You've been in this position before. Um, but now you have a lightsaber. <laughs> and he doesn't know you're there. Ah, uh, true. He didn't have the lightsaber on Rebels. Yeah, like now you have a lightsaber and he doesn't know you're there. And I'm like, dude, you And you had training totally... with the Force, which you said Force is your ally. So now yep. you're Space Jesus. Or, so, Space you know, Moses, whatever they're calling Space him. Space Moses. Um, but no, what does he do? He takes the only shuttle that looks... The, the only single shuttle in the hangar and leaves in it and just meet up with Hera. And I'm, I'm like thinking, you know what? Thrawn's going to figure out our shuttle. Our only shuttle's missing. Who could have taken it? Um, so Thrawn's probably knows as he's alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, he's got that low jack uh, security on it, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm just like, I, I just thought that was weird. The fact that he just like, he's like, I'm home. And I'm just like, yeah, but Thrawn's right there. And you got a lightsaber. But, you know, I guess it's just the writing. That might just be me nitpicking. But it was just something I didn't notice the first time watching. I was like, wait, you're, you're, you're on the enemy ship. Well, do you know. think he did so as a way of staying patient and because if he say he goes for it mm -hmm. and say he fails then there's every chance that Thrawn the Night Sisters the Dark Magic all of it can like sneak attack the New Republic do you think he did so in order to warn the New Republic and play well, it the safe. Old, the Old Republic already knows, though. Hera, Hera was there to see them go to light speed, so she knows the threat's real. Um, I don't know if he did to warn the Old Republic, because he didn't do that. He just said, like, I'm home. So, like, the fact that Ezra's there in a Stormtrooper outfit, like... I guess that means you have to connect the dots to assume, okay, I guess Thrawn is back, but the older, the New Republic is so naive that, like, I mean, you can take a selfie with Thrawn and show it to them, and they'll be like, nah, it's not true. <laughs> like, they're so... Their d democracy is really, really jacked up. Oh, without a doubt. I Yeah, I just think that... And the way I interpreted it was Ezra just played it safe. And made sure that people knew, hey, Thrawn's back. Like, this is happening. That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, there's their proof, you know, because, like, Hera was about yeah. to get canned and all that. And if Ezra coming back has it to mean Thrawn's, Thrawn's back. Too. It has yeah. to mean it. Since, yeah. So, yeah, he could have. I just think. Cause I this think is, he was just trying to get home. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is also new Ezra, like what we're taking like from the last like I'm two... behind on my uh, my mortgage by 10 years <laughs> I gotta, gotta get home and pay it yeah we already saw a lot of maturity in Ezra in the last two episodes of yeah. Rebels let alone he's stuck by himself surviving for 10 years you know probably working with Kanan probably attuning his force and this is him just right like this is the best course of action, making sure that everyone knows what's happening. Everyone 
getting everyone on the same side of things. I like to think that's what Ezra's doing. That's just how I interpreted it. But the cool thing about art, everyone's going to have a different interpretation, you know, which is another thing that I love about talking Star Wars is, you know, you guys might see Anakin throwing a fit, whining, being whatever after his mom dying. But to me, like, Jesus Christ, he's going through a, a glass case of emotions with uh, a bowl, you know? So it's just tricky. It's tricky, but I love hearing other interpretations because then more hands are on the mold and then you can kind of like shape it and see what you see it as as a as a collective you know what i'm saying yeah um and i think it definitely is a good setup for season two as well great setup great setup and like i hope we see war i really hope we see war And if we don't see war, do you think that Thrawn could be working with Snoke? I don't know. So that's another interesting thing to talk about is like, there isn't a whole lot of things right now that are pointing towards the new trilogy. Mm -mm. And I think the reason Disney's doing that is because I think they want the idea in their back. Because this was discussed like years ago, like four or five years ago, about redoing the Star Wars timeline and redoing the sequel trilogy. Like just either just retconning it, scrapping it. Um, because so far, there has been nothing from Mando, from any of these shows, that directly connects with the sequel trilogy like not a single thing the only thing that you can make comparison to is you have hux's dad but hux's mm -hmm. dad was in the empire you know before the sequel trilogy anyway so it's like that that doesn't really matter but um and they do talk about project necromancer which you know that's probably palpatine coming back but so far we don't have any direct concrete like a direct concrete foundation that says like oh hey like like, here's um, Jakku, or here's the First mm -hmm. Order starting. Because we're getting pretty close, and I'm like, the one thing that I'm, I'm always thinking about is, like, what are we, like, uh, how, how far is this after Return of the Jedi? This is what, we're, like, seven years, eight years now? Yeah, this is 11, 11 years after the Battle of Yavin, so about seven years so yeah, we're like seven or eight years after uh, Return of the Jedi, and I'm like, okay, so that we're like literally twenty something years away from the Rise of Skywalker, the For Force Awakens, and I'm like, no way, the First Order just like turns up overnight, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, we've yeah. kind of seen because the Imperial Remnant wanting to be part of the Senate is yeah. that's literally the First Order. That's who they are. They are just offshore Imperials that are ban banding together, trying to get a voice back in the galaxy. And as soon as they build the Starkiller base, then they say, fuck y'all, we're going to be the only voice. So the First Order, is it is there, but it's not the First Order. Not yet. Yeah. I'm... 
I, but like you're saying, we haven't seen concrete other than Hux's father, um, who, like you said, also he's been there. He's been there. Yeah. That doesn't change anything. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, like, I, I still have hope that like that maybe they're going to change things because I, I still think they want to keep that option open in their back pocket because you know it is a business at the end of the day and they want to make as much money as possible and as many fans happy and, and, and it's there's no there's not really any debate i mean it's just a fact that the, the sequel trilogy just was not very profitable no i don't think it really was they 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 could have after the last Jedi, it was like, yeah. See, I like the I like the sequels in a vacuum. I think they're good movies, but the story just got absolutely cooked, and that's what happens when you have a different voice telling the intermediary part of a trilogy. Um, but the thing that I most enjoyed about Ahsoka was the, and this is a super underrated thing, but it's just, it showed how many people actually enjoyed the empire and how many people want the empire back. And it shows just how, like in Mando, how naive that the new Republic is because sure, Times are good. We're in the New Republic era. But you know it fails. And they're planting seeds everywhere that, okay, people are still loyal to the Empire. People don't have faith in the New Republic. The New Republic are cocky. They're full of themselves. And all those things are just dominoes that are going to keep falling and falling and falling. And people are going to keep falling and falling and falling out of love with the new republic and they're going to want that stability back and that's an easy way for the first order to grab it by the reins you know so i that's probably the world building phenomenal i felt mm -hmm. it was so good um i think the live action portrayals of animated characters smash out of the park i think everyone did a fantastic job and this is obviously all um, in-universe stuff, but I think that the introduction of new canon elements didn't affect episodes one through six canon, and no one really was bothered by anything that was introduced. Is that a fair statement to say? Yeah. And I think when you do that, when you're honoring the fan canon of one through six, I think that you're doing a justice to what came before and what's to come. So I think it was a great show, personally. Um, there was a hot streak. Episodes like, what, two through six or three through six that were just... Yeah, that's fair. Smashed out of this park. Episode one I thought was great in and of itself. I think when I look back, I think I gave it a eight out of ten. Episode Same. two, 
I think was also sitting around uh, seven and a half, eight and a half. And then three through six, you get four straight episodes of Balin Skull, of Ahsoka, of Shinhati, of just answers to questions that you have as a person watching this show. And as a fan, I was so bummed out every time that the end credit scene hit because I knew I had to wait, what, six days, 25, six days, 23 hours until the next episode of Ahsoka came out. Um, yeah, those four episodes were just such great glues. And I think those are the episodes after the world building and then before the transitionary period towards season two. I think those four episodes, if you put them in a vacuum and you judge them, not against anything, because I don't want to compare Ahsoka to anything, but you just look at those four episodes, fantastic Star Wars, great Star Wars, and I loved it. I loved it. And as a whole, episode, what, four? Had to have been my favorite episode. And that's without the nostalgia because I can see through nostalgia easily. Easily. But just character development, seeing how Ahsoka walked into the episode and how she walked out of it uh, by a mile. Or was it episode five? I think it was episode five. Five. Yeah. Five. Because that's my favorite thing. Even four, though, was fantastic because in episode four had my favorite duel of any Star Wars um, non-movie, which I know is very few and far between because we haven't had a, a, a whole bunch, but it was the Balin and Ahsoka fight when they were on the platform on the artifact because Balin was like, all right, I'm putting my work boots on. I'm here to defend this. You're not getting through me. And 100%, she did not get through him. And that was a fantastic fight. What was your guys' number one favorite episode and your favorite part of this series? That's well, tough. Um, I think for me... I think my favorite episode is probably the last one. And honestly, I think my favorite part is the Morgan fight. Like, I think, I think she, like, I, that, that took me by surprise because, like, you know, we already know how Anakin fights. So it's like, you know, it's when we see him fight, it's familiar. We've seen Balin fight multiple times already. Mm -hmm. um, Morgan's has kind of been just, she just, she just kind of exists. She hasn't really done anything. So. I was not expecting that. That took me by surprise. Um, like, I wasn't expecting Thrawn to lift a finger in the show, because it's just Thrawn. Um, but Morgan took me by surprise, and I was, like, thoroughly impressed with her speed and just agility. And I was just like, that's kind of impressive. It's really cool to see. Mm -hmm. She was sick in that fight. Everything else... Uh my like favorite's obviously episode five, but ideally you would want it to be an episode with Thrawn because knowing like Thrawn's backstory and what's about to come with Thrawn, you know what I mean? Um, but episode five, I'm, I mean, I can see past nostalgia, but there's a point where nostalgia just 
shines a light so bright. For instance, George had a concept where he wanted Anakin to have his red saber on Mustafar uh, fighting Obi-Wan. And we were supposed to get it in episode five, but literally in like the last week, Disney decided to cut that scene. And I think it was for the best because it didn't need it at all. But you obviously saw the easy references that we got to the Mustafar scene. Like for instance, when he ignited the red blade, that was exact the replica of him to Obi-Wan on episode three, you know, with the saber just being red. Um, and it, it honestly, like the transitions that were in that from Anakin to Vader were ungodly amazing. And it also with the young Ahsoka, that silhouette between Anakin and, and his red saber with Ahsoka's dual blades is my desktop background. Like it's picture worthy, perfect. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, the show hit it out of the park with uh, cinematography and world design i'll say um i really enjoyed it i felt like it was phenomenal and i really just appreciate when shows can encapsulate a new planet that you've never seen before because it gives you all the context that you need it's different when you read a book or you see a comic uh and they mention a planet like you want to know more about it and the cinematography just hands down was phenomenal on this on this show and it made the viewing experience even better like the the planet where the monument was when they were in the forest sick as fuck the pink uh, like cherry blossom trees everywhere so awesome and i i really just enjoyed it because you you knew all right we're somewhere new we're lost, we're in space, we're on this planet, that planet. Uh, it, every planet had its own vibe and its own feel to it. And for me, it felt a lot like in Batman, the newest Batman, when you're walking through Gotham, like you feel Gotham. You feel it. it Gotham in and of itself is its own character. And I felt like these planets were all distinctively unique to any that we've seen before. And that in and of itself in the story, I think, tells a, a huge chunk of contrast because it allows you to live in the moment of the scene and helps you really just capture everything that you're witnessing. So big shout out to the writers, cinematographers, art designers, concept artists, we're watching Mando season three and we're really only watching for the concept art right now, you know, so huge, huge ups. But uh, to wrap up Ahsoka and talking about Ahsoka, um, going forward to season two, is there anything that you feel like you it needs to be in the show, Van Seal? Um, things that need to be in the show... I think, um, I think, okay, so now we got all of our heroes together, right? Well, not really. We, we, we made a trade for Ezra and Sabine and Ahsoka, but, um, yep. obviously they need to get back. Mm -hmm. So world between worlds, they're going to put a purple or something like that. I don't know. I think they're fine. Um, 
I want to see the villains get together now. I want to see Thrawn, um, Captain Pelion, Piet. I'm a Piet, sorry. Um, <laughs> Hux, uh, the new Piet. That damn Hux, fool. Gideon. Piet. I want to see them Piet. finally get together. I want to see them. I want to see Thrawn finally command this this band of warlords that's been like you know where Me the too. hell's he at i want to see him do that um i don't i also want to know what is going on in those boxes that the night sisters loaded like, okay is that all their is that all their laundry is that all their dead bodies like treasure like what's in there you know what i mean like like mm-hmm. like thrawn has his hangers loaded with just coffin shaped like objects i'm like they never said what they were other than that it's cargo and they're going to dathomir so i'm like that could be anything um and then obviously the the, the big elephant in the room is what are they going to do with uh, ray stevenson's character you know yeah. but that's that's the big like how do we handle this in a way where it makes sense so do they recast him dude some people are saying just give him a helmet i'm like okay well that doesn't really help um I don't know. So I don't know how they're going to handle that, but that is also uh, that's something that needs to be addressed obviously. Mhm. That one's the most tricky, man. That one is yeah. so tricky. I think <laughs> something's got to happen with him because you can't have a character as universally loved as he is yeah. just all of a sudden up and disappear. I think that just it's it's not fair to the character. It's not fair to the man who portrayed him. It's not fair to anybody, yeah. It's not fair to the fans. I think you gotta... And you can't just write him off like Cara Dune. Oh, he's busy being a marshal somewhere else, you know? She's too based for this planet. Yeah. <laughs> he, he deserves a continuation of his story. Because yeah. his story was one of the more captivating ones. We want to know what he's cooking, you know? So... And- and they even said like in some of the like the leaks that were like leaked uh, like months ago, we were saying like the seasons the show's gonna end with four separate story arcs, mm-hmm. and we have our story arcs. We have the Sabine and Ahsoka story arc. Shin has her own story arc going on. Balin has his own story arc, and then Thrawn is the fourth. So yeah. it's like everyone kind of just splintered and kind of like went in their own direction. Obviously, we'll probably cross paths again, but. Everyone's kind of do off doing their own thing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. I think that's my biggest take too. Is uh, with Ray Stevenson. You know, it's I've been saying it all season long. Like that's the biggest heartbreaking thing. The fact that he's not alive anymore to be praised by literally millions that love Star Wars and how much of a captivating performance he does. You know, with literally no words. <laughs> you know, um, um, the the biggest I, I I at least for me the biggest implication was that they're going down George Lucas's prophecy route. At least Filoni is with Anakin being, I guess, the father. Ahsoka is already the portrayed daughter, and Balin in the Norse mythology, you know, he chases the son, aka the son in the Mortis God arc, you know, mm-hmm. the son. So you have right there the trio, the father, the son, and the daughter. But I, I who knows now with things and you know 
Yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a, a while before we get anything else because you know, I mean, the writer strike is over now, but the actor strike is still currently going on. Yeah. So I feel like, like the the, I um, I was saying on like one of my streams that like, I think the Ahsoka show is going to be the end of an era. I think that um, you know, all all, all the stuff going on behind the scenes of Disney and stuff like that, like they're obviously going to have to change because they are, you know, they're not even profiting from any of their shows unfortunately you can um, only stretch the skywalker saga so far you really can i know yeah I know. yeah and i in my in my eyes it's the saga ended with episode six like star wars has been told the story has been told it's finished all that you have left is the franchise mm -hmm. and i think that's that's uh that's kind of a tough pill to swallow because i'm a huge star wars fan but um i think after the ahsoka show i i i'm, I'm hoping we're going to get a different direction going forward with star wars um not a to lot get of the whole, people like, want high republic content a lot. i don't know why i can't stand the high republic i can't get into it i think it's boring yeah i think um, it's mainly for the books like from what i've been hearing because i mean i'm not a big book guy a yeah. lot of what i've been hearing about in the books is similar to the eu legends with like you know jedi legend luke and what he could do it's similar as what's in those books it's I mean, I, I've tried reading a couple of the comics and the books. I just can't, like, there's, there isn't any characters where I'm, like, interested in. There's a yeah. lot of characters that I'm like, these sound like they're Marvel characters. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, it, it really is amazing how Disney, they call themselves Imagineers, but then, like, for the last, like, I don't know, two decades, all they've been doing is reusing assets from stuff they've either acquired or bought, and they're just... They're retelling the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think now people are starting to realize like that doesn't work anymore. You have to come up with original content. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about the higher public. It's, it's, uh, it's, that's Disney's creation. And so far, I, I'm just not interested. I just think it's really boring. But the older public, that is like stone one day. That is a stone unturned. That is the crown jewel of Star Wars, in my opinion. I like, really like, feel like that's the, the, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, where the in the Hobbit they had the jewel in the dragon's cave. It was like this mythical jewel. Yes, that's literally for Star Wars, dude. Yes, it is. Like I'm actually about to get into the Old Republic again because so funny story. Like kind of a side note. Like I got super into it when I was at a really low point with Star Wars. Like I think it was when Clone Wars got canceled for the first time okay um when clone wars got canceled for the first time i was like just i was like crap this sucks it's like my favorite show and now they're canceling it and they got this new rebel show that comes out and it looks like a kid's show i'm like oh god so i got into the old republic because i was like you know i've always had the old republic i just never really dove into it and i was like when when i'm at my lowest point with star wars the old republic gives me on the star wars high like i and like now that the Ahsoka show's over, we're not gonna have anything Star Wars till probably late next year. For like, me. I know we have a couple video games coming out, but I mean, like, those aren't anywhere close. No. Um, show wise, I don't expect anything to come out till maybe mid to late summer next year. And a lot of that has to do with the writer strike and actor strike, obviously. But I mean, like, we're gonna be kind of like on a hiatus. So I might get back in the old Republic again because, like I said, like it's just there's. There's nothing you can't go wrong with it. It's it, there's so many things you can do. And I can't even put into words on how great the storytelling is. The characters are super interesting there too. Mm -hmm. The only thing I could ever see 
with the Star Wars show, and then we'll get back to the Old Republic. The only thing I can see, like, plausibly coming out would be the Bad Batch, because it's... That, that, there's only one actor that you need, you know, and he, could, he could probably do Omega himself. Um, I know you want to see Emily very bad, but, um, I think that, uh, Emery, Emery, that's the one. All right. Oh man. I think that Bad Batch will probably be the next thing that we get, whether it's, it was meant to be in a week. Bad Batch was supposed to come out in a week. From I've now. heard. I've I've heard it's done. It is. I've yeah. Heard it's done. I've heard it's I, done. I've seen, I've seen the leaked trailer. Um, I don't know if it's still available online, but I've heard that it's done. I think Disney's just holding on to it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of sad that they have to do this. But like, if you've noticed, when Disney puts like original content up on their you know streaming service, they have to stagger their stuff. So like yes. Ahsoka just ended, and everyone's like, "All right, I'm going to cancel my subscription." But wait, 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 wait. Also, the same week Ahsoka ended, Loki, Loki came out. season two. Yeah, and like, okay, well, I'll keep my subscription another, uh, you know, whatever that show. And then they they have to they have to stagger their stuff. So I think I think they're just keeping Bad Batch for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like I think they did that with season two too, because season two got delayed three times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really kind of scummy that you know your product's finished, but you know they got to do what they got to do, I guess. As far as the next, oops, as far as the next upcoming bits of content, say we got an announcement, and say they said, "All right, Knights of the Old Republic, the game, we're canceling it." No more remake. Expected. I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super heartbroken because the original it still holds up to this day. But then they say, the here's game. why. Coming in 2026, mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic coming to Disney+. Plus. Oh, my I would, I, I would Honestly, I would take the game over the show. You would? I would take the game over the show. Yeah. What if it was I a what if it was a what agree. if it was a movie trilogy? A movie trilogy. You, you can give me five older public movies. I'll still take the game over the show. Here's the thing. That's fair. It's a video game. Okay. Yes. It started off as a video game, and years and years in cinema has been the video game curse. Look at all the adaptations from shows into movies with video games, and look how they ended up portrayed as. So it's not just Star Wars. You have a video game adaptation that you got to do as well. Hey, man, you know, Pod Racer came out before Episode 1. <laughs> Pod... yeah, it was pretty... I, I, I don't know why they haven't made a modern, like, Forza version of, like, Pod Racing. I've been asking that forever. I'm like, why? I mean, there, there doesn't have to be a story. Like, there doesn't have to be a story. Just give us, like, a Forza style Pod Racing game. Like, that, that wouldn't be that hard to make. <laughs> but um, as far as the Old Republic goes, right, we really have a main character for that, and that's Revan. Uh, he, he's, he is the, well... Commercialized main character, I would say. Commercialized. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, like, he's like the Superman of the Old Republic. Yeah. That's the best way of saying it. Because, like, we, we talk about DC. There isn't really a main character. There are several main characters what do you mean, bro iron yeah. man 
There you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Revan. Revan is kind of like your main OG character. Yeah, and he's got everything that you everything that you need. He's got your love interest. He's got yep. your companions. He's got your companions' love interests. He's got the pilot. He's got the ship. He's got everything, right? Bro, little Gamora or the young Snips could play Mission, and Tom Hardy could play. Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy as um, Zalbar. <laughs> Perfect. I was molded by the dark side. <laughs> yeah. no, I think uh, if they dropped Nice of the Old Republic remake, which it's still scheduled to come out. It's not scheduled, yeah. but it's still being made. Yep. If they drop that, if we get some sort of Revan prequel show, so all the stuff that happens before with like the mandalorian wars um i think that would be a better show actually if they did if they did everything i really think before, we should get that and then nights yes because you yeah. gotta build up that character because because the thing with the thing with uh revit is like they start off like it's kind of weird like nights of the republic starts off like i forget when that came out i think it was 2002 2003 but it's like it starts you off in the middle of like your first story arc um, but there's so much that happens before, and I think the buildup is really interesting because um, it shows you a different side of Mandalorians that I don't think people have really ever seen before, and kind of how like the whole Jedi Sith Civil War like kind of like kind of started. And I don't want to give it away because it's it's a pretty compelling story, and mm -hmm. um. You know, there's obviously a, a Sith Emperor during the Old Republic, and I think he is ten times better than Palpatine, in my opinion. He is. I think he needs to be in a movie. He is insane. Like, 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 like. There's a meme that I always send to people when they're like, "Explain to me the Old Republic." It's like, it's like a picture of an iceberg, and the top of it, it's like, "Oh, all the Star Wars movies," and then underneath, it's like, "That's the Old Republic." It's, it's huge. It just keeps mm -hmm. going and going and going, and um, the story's still not. That's the beauty of it. There's still it happens, so long before the original star wars movies i think it's like four or five thousand years before new hope yeah it happened so long ago and there's still a huge gap there's still a huge gap the story is still being told that like they have the freedom to do whatever they want because mm -hmm. nothing that happens there is going to impact your episode one your episode four or even hell like episode seven Nothing. nothing's gonna change nothing because it happened so long ago there's still time to like you know write the rest of the story and so much happens in the older public. Like, I don't think there's a single podcast or show that actually covers everything because there's just too much information. No, there's a. Uh, go ahead, MJ. Yeah, go ahead, Who MJ. would you guys, if you had the choice, would cast as Emperor Vitiate for the Old Republic? Ooh, for Vitiate. Ooh, Vitiate. Good lord. Not Valkorion, Vitiate. Um, Vitiate. Well, yeah, but it's a different body, so it's a different, like... Here's my thing with that. Complicated, for sure. <laughs> Here's my thing with casting. Especially, like, with Old Republic. I think Star Wars has always prospered with C-tier and below actors, you know? And when there has been a, like, noticeable actor, they're always in a small role. Like, the dude in Mandalorian... For example, like Bill Burr, he plays a solid role. He doesn't really take you out of it. The guy in Mandalorian, 
who's the Imperial on the ship with all like the weapons and guns that Bo-Katan and Mando are stealing. Um, the one that like is in charge of the ship. I don't know his name, but like he's a noticeable enough actor. You've seen him in some stuff, but it doesn't take you out of it. When you boot up Mandalorian season three, you see Lizzo and Jack Black and um, Mr. Lloyd kind of starts taking you out of it a little bit. With Star Wars, I feel like it always prospers with creating their own stars, such as Mark Hamill. It goes to what Vanstill says, you know, the actor is stealing each show. Like, Ray Stevenson wasn't, like, you know, an A-list actor, like Iron Man or Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. But boom, put him in Star Wars, and oh my god, he's so, literally a top five fave. So the cool thing with Vitiate, like, to answer your question, but who would I cast? I don't think I would cast anybody for him. Like, like I don't... Because there's so many... There's so many times, like, you don't even see his face. Like, he is so... Like until Vishit reveals himself, his name enough like in, is enough to. It in the comics and in like some of the cutscenes from like the games, the camera angles from like behind his chair and all you see is like an arm or a hand. Mm -hmm. Like you just see like, a part of him because he is like, you think Palpatine works in the shadows? Like dude, like Vishit is the shadows. Like he literally constructs and conspires gotcha. everything it's just like so i don't know if i i can put an actor to the face because like you don't even get the reveal till super far into the story um because mm -hmm. he's just vishit is insane like he's just he's the best emperor in star wars in my opinion and he's such a easy I, like you i think you described it like this a while ago um van seal you said it's a break the glass sail, uh fail safe if you need something, the old Republic's there. Yeah. And Vitiate, like, there's so much source material. You it, you it, literally just need to find someone to adapt it to, yeah. to film, to cinema, to TV, whatever you want to do with it. Vitiate could, like you said, he could just be a hand. For an entire season, you know, yeah, but you don't have to show his face. Exactly. You don't have to do anything with him. Because he has such a presence in it of itself, just by him being mentioned, being spoken about, being feared. And there's not a lot of characters like that. Um, no, I, I hate to say it, but I could see Ray playing the position. Uh, um, who? Ray Stevenson. Oh. But yeah. It is if his role wasn't casted for, you know, Balin, I, I can definitely see him being portrayed as Vitiate for sure. Like, the the look in the face are highly resembling. Oh, you're talking about, like, Valkorion Vitiate? Yeah. Okay. okay, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, Valkorion, yeah. Um, for the... Yeah, no, and, and the older public, it, it's funny, because, like, even during D23 this year, Disney was, like, announcing their new Star Wars projects or, like... They're just dancing around the older public. They're like, we're going to go this way and talk about Ahsoka. To, um, we're going to go this way and we're going to do the higher public. Then we're going to go all the way to the beginning and do the first Jedi. And I'm like, you guys are literally drawing a circle around the older public. Yeah, you do, you think, do you think they're doing that, though? Because the older public can't be the first thing talked about. It can't like it can't be the first thing in our canon in our canon timeline. 
um, they built on the screen. old republic to be bigger than the skywalker saga it's literally in yeah like it's yeah like we can't i can't put into words how big the old republic is and like the amount of source material they have like they like i don't think it's physically possible for them to actually tell the whole story i just marathons are not yeah exactly so do you think that they're putting like goalposts and goalposts that way they can just be like all right old republic time See, I don't know. I think I think the way you tackle the old republic is I think you only tell the important stories, the big the important ones. Important bits or because it's still being written, you tag on your own bit at the very end because like I said it's still not finished. Mm-hmm. There's still hundreds of years worth of time to tell stories, which is kind of overwhelming to think about. Um so I think I think you do with the classic stories, maybe you do like the um Kotor 1, Kotor 2 storyline. I think those are like really really good stories um you know i i i think that's all you really can do because i think the old republic it's just too there's just too much there's just too much there which is kind of funny because like i said like they they lack original content but i'm like mm-hmm. uh, and even knights of the old republic one i don't even think you can tell the story of knights of the old republic one in a movie i think it have to, it would have to be a show yeah it would have to be because there's so much world kind of like so many characters that are like important and everything and you can't really there's not really anything you can cut out yeah and it, it could literally be like star wars's answer to game of thrones but 100 absolutely something that can last you know eight nine ten seasons something that yep. can just keep progressing and this could it could be its own entity it could literally it, be its it, own it, entity. Like the whole, the, the, when they said they made the Old Republic non-canon, I, that was such a low blow because I was like, nothing affects the canon. Like, it's so long ago, it doesn't affect it. But they keep, like, teasing the Old Republic. They keep they keep taking assets from the Old Republic. Like, in Rogue One, they had Old Republic ships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's some all these little mentions. Um, Darth Revan was in uh was mentioned in the rise of skywalker if you read the uh the book apparently yeah the uh sith trooper revan squad uh, revan legion yeah the revan legion was a group of star destroyers called the revan legion i'm just like okay well like there's all these nods and teases towards it um but they don't want to use it and i'm just like I, i don't know i mean i maybe no one wants to take on that project i don't know but it 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 i I also, part of me is kind of glad they haven't tackled the Old Republic yet because I don't want them to screw it up. <laughs> it is literally the last thing that is holding me to Star Wars. So I'm like, if I ever have bad Star Wars days, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the Old Republic and everything's going to be better. Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe that's how they could incorporate it as the Old Republic quite literally is the fan's story. Yeah. It really is in every which way. You are Revan. When you're playing the game, you are your original character. When you're playing the Old Republic, you and there's so much Old Republic that you can pick and choose. Like, okay, I only want to focus on the Jedi. I only want to focus on the Sith. I only want to focus on the politics. I only want to focus on the Force. There's so much that you can just tunnel vision into whatever you want to do. And that's why I think it is just so tough to get going. <laughs> That content-wise, they'd have to just pick and choose and be like, all right, we're going to go with our Anakin Skywalker. We'll snag Revan, and this will be our guy. You know? Yep. We'll go from there. 
do you think it's something kind of like that too like there's just so much that maybe they don't even fucking know where to start i mean i would just do kotor one and kotor two i think i think in this case playing it safe is the only way to play it um which is the overwhelming amount of content so i think those two stories would be fantastic mm -hmm. um like i said i don't think they could be movies though i think they'd have to be shows and i think after that i think you just go from there i think you go from there and i think if you wait to see um how star wars fans react because you have to you have to remember that a lot of star wars fans um well i i kind of want to say marvel fans because i feel like a lot of star wars fans now are kind of like marvel fans that kind of just like kind of pivot over because it's all under the disney um, umbrella but you know this is something most fans probably aren't familiar with nor mm -hmm. do they know who or what Revan is. I'm sure they've heard the name because Revan's gotten very popular over the years. But um, I think you start with KOTOR 1 to see how well received it is. Um, and I think it would do really well because it would technically be up there in terms of originality because, you know, I mean, yeah, they're, they're copying from source material, but it's something that hasn't been done yet. Um, yeah. And they can definitely, they can definitely have their version of some of the characters. Like I'm not saying they have to say, like, like they have to stay true to every single character. They they can change things up a little bit, um, as long as you know it pays homage to the uh, to the OGs. But um, I, I that's what I would do. I would stick with the Kotor one, Kotor two story, and just go from there. That's very, very, very fair. And I think. That's where they just got to tackle it, you know? That's where they got to tackle it. So, as we are talking about the Old Republic, I tasked you folks to come up with an original character. And we're going to present these original characters to the fans. Um, Vanseal, did you want to kick us off? Or did you want to start with MJ? Start with MJ. All right, perfect. MJ. I mean, knowing me, I love lightsabers. I um, an original character. It seem it might seem pretty basic, but it's a a scoundrel uh, found with Ufu that uh, forms a relationship and ends up falling out on the line for Caesar. Okay. Like uh, they're not a Jedi or Sith. They're still a scoundrel, but they're like. More with the samurai ways, like hybrid slash blaster, um, has a relationship but ends up like falling out, and which leads them more towards the dark side. That's okay. like uh, the, I guess the topic of the character, per se. I haven't come up with a name or anything else like that. If you had to name them right here, right now, Death Star pointed at your front door. Ray Skywalker. <laughs> no, um, Darth Brandino. <laughs> it would be his dark side full name. Um, to start off, probably just Brandon. Perfect. I like that. I like that. I think that that he sounds a lot like Darth Bane. How he kind of started from being a, a lowly miner and just all of a sudden the force just hit him like a truck, you know? I like that. Um, did you want to go next, Vanseal, or go last? 
I'll go next. So okay. I kind of just went with my old Republic character that I, my main, my main old Republic character from the uh, MMO Sotor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually how I got my name, Van Seal. So I'm just gonna stick with that. And I am a Sith. But the one thing about the Old Republic is the Old Republic does a really good job at showing you that not all bad guys are bad, and not mm-hmm. all good guys are good. So I am a Sith, um, but I carry a blue lightsaber and white armor. And um, is that you, Visas? <laughs> no, not Visas. Is that like a deceptive? No. So my character is loyal to the Sith Empire because I grew up in the, my character grew up in the Sith Empire. That's kind of okay. you know, it's like that's family for me. But I don't agree with all the politics. I'm more. I have more of a level head on my shoulders than most Sith. Like so, like for example, like most Sith, like just want to kill and interrogate people. Versus I will come to reason and I, I, I try to benefit everybody in every circumstance. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind working with Jedi. I don't mind working with anybody, but I, everything I do is an in interest of the Sith Empire. Okay. And trying to make sure that, you know, there's no corruption or anything and just try to, try to, try to do everything the right way, I guess. But, you know, still being, I guess, quote unquote, a bad guy, I guess, depending on how you look at it. I like that. That's pretty sick. Um, we haven't had a character quite like that since like the closest thing I could pin it to would be like Ronan from Visions episode one where he's a Sith but he's hunting Sith who are going against his own beliefs like he doesn't think that you should just roll around and inflict your power upon people so he's out there killing Sith and collecting kyber crystals which I think is sick as hell I think it's so sick uh, it's um, my favorite episode of Visions. My character, his name is Cairo Suchin. He comes from a noble family on Coruscant. And his family are filled with like former senators, um, elected officials, people in power, basically. And his whole life, he's hated the people around him. He hates the the snobbiness. He hates the the pampered life. He's just always hated it. And he's a 15-year-old kid. This takes place, what, 4 ABY? No, not even 4 ABY. Like, Wait, what? His, like, his, his story, his story takes place literally less than 1 ABY. And what he decides to do is become a informant because his father's a imperial senator. He's going to tell the rebels everything that he knows because he's just so fed up and sick of it. And what he ends up doing is joining the brigade that goes on Scarif. And his father is one of the his his father's not a senator his father's a like imperial officer like they're like in serious power tons of money so much money and his father worked under tarkin and his father is one of the people that 
get the Death Star pumping. And ultimately, it's his father's, um, like, command room that gives the A-OK to fire the Death Star down onto Scarif, where his son is. And my OC is inevitably killed by his father by just trying to do the right thing for the rebellion. So he's a rebel hero. Big Cairo. It's my guy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And the the inspiration behind it was I was watching a Boy in Striped Pajamas, which obviously, spoiler alert, a Nazi's son ended up dying by order of his... Um... Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Just, it's obviously, it's another sad one. It's another, like, homage to Rogue One and the Battle of Scarif. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be a really sick TV show to see, like, the lengths that a, a teenage rebel spy could go to in order to just rebel, like, literally rebel. And I think that that would be the title of the show is just Rebel. Because it would... It would go against, and it would be more world-building, too, like how just snobby and uh, closed-minded that the people of the Empire are. So, I, in my estimations, I think it would be a really good drama show, something similar to Andor, and obviously, same fate as Andor, too. So, I think it would be a nice little show. If I had to if I had to pick something without such a perfect thing, I also was thinking about some sort of a bounty hunter that simply did it because he was bored, you know. The bounty hunter main story in the Old Republic is probably one of my favorites. I haven't played it, but I think Juder's playing it. So Yeah, the Bounty Hunter story is the Bounty Hunter story and the Imperial Spy, I think, are the best stories because the Imperial Spy storyline is basically you're basically James Bond. That, mm-hmm. that is that is the easiest way of the play I've only you're, played as the Sith. The the uh the Sith one is good, but I think the uh Imperial Spy, the Imperial Agent is the best one because yeah, you're 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 basically Bond, and it's just like it's super cool the amount of espionage that you have to do. It's it's pretty sick. We should do a uh, a co-stream for Old Republic. That'd be sick. I have a preferred account. Yeah, what do you say, Vince? Yeah, what do you say, Vanceil? We'll get Juder <laughs> on. To, uh, I'd have to go through all my twenty characters and uh, yeah, that'd re-unlock be, them. That'd be sick. Yeah. I'd be down to clown. <laughs>